4: Uh, we're continuing our, our series on expectations for the 2022 seasons, doing two players at a time, doing disjointed players, uh, play different positions because we don't really want this to be a compare and contrast or a position group review. We're just trying to do expectations for two different players to have as many different people as we can on to do this. Joining me today is Kyle Barber.
0: Kyle, how are you doing? Doing great. Just finished up with OTAs here at the Castle, the second day of OTAs for the Ravens, the first time that media is able to attend and got a little bit of insight onto the players that were in attendance. That's exciting to hear. I know there were a lot that not there, but one of the players we're going to discuss at least was there and
4: and played a key role, and that's Kyle Hamilton, who we'll discuss first. And obviously, the Ravens have a lot invested in Kyle Hamilton.
0: Yeah, most certainly they drafted him with their first pick in the 2022 NFL draft number 14 overall. They said that the phone wasn't ringing when it happened and they were happy that it wasn't ringing because this was the guy that they wanted. They wanted Kyle Hamilton. Uh, Jordan Davis went a pick before him. That's where the kind of the discussion goes as to who the Ravens quote-unquote really wanted, but they're making it sound like Hamilton was the guy that they were ultimately interested in they were surprised that he fell as far as he did and they were thrilled with him landing there at number 14 and uh so far all signs point to uh, me being in agreement with that watched him today at otas i wrote about him on baltimorebeatdown.com and he looks cerebral he looks methodical mm-hmm. in his approach. He's constantly communicating, which shows that he's been in the playbook because he's already barking orders to his cornerback unit, to his fellow defensive backs, and he's reading, diagnosing, and executing very quickly. That's that's great to hear because th- those address at least two of the points
4: I want to make about things that he needs to adapt to the NFL game in in certain ways. And you know, we one of the things about Hamilton, obviously, the not top end speed that he possesses means he's got to be even more of an instinct player at the NFL level than he was in college, where he was the best instinct player in the country, probably in his senior season. Uh, But he really needs to adapt to what he does and uh, adapt what he does well in terms of making reads quickly and playing those reads very quickly. Another Raven we've seen that from that. I always point out is Josh Bynes, a guy who plays way faster than his speed, he just he just diagnoses a play very quickly and reacts to it. Uh, a guy who doesn't play up to his speed, you know, and I, I hate to bash this guy, but Patrick Queen does not really play to his speed in terms of recognition. But Hamilton, if you're if you're seeing great things today, I'm already happy.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. I watched him just play a cerebral game every mm-hmm. single time. I I honed in on watching him. It's something that I'm trying to practice more of uh, throughout this off season and throughout the season is when i'm watching practices i want to watch some guys specifically i want to see how they're performing and today was that first real true run of hey i'm going to watch kyle hamilton here on red zone drills i'm going to watch kyle hamilton here during these uh 11 on 11s where they're trying to go the length of the field in the two minute drill and i saw him each snap on every single one on my notes it says pre-snap orders or communicating or non-stop communication and that's what i saw and that's something that's great because it shows just how frequently that he's been in the playbook and that he knows what to make what adjustments to communicate or to continue with what the pre-snap play was beforehand then once the snap happened you watched him read the first couple steps out of the wide receiver closest to him he was playing on the right side and so uh so to his left would be the outside cornerback he would communicate with that person he would watch the wide receiver move and then he would look to the quarterback's eyes i noticed every single snap he was looking to the quarterback's eyes seeing where the play was seeing if it was a handoff seeing what the routes were and the one that I was really impressed by was there was a trips right formation for the Ravens. Uh, and he goes in there and, and you see the the outside wide receiver cuts in and then the inside receiver ends up on a flag route and that's right in his area. And he very much could have just jumped in and quickly bit on the inside route and had that and he didn't, he stood back there. The flag route was, uh, was covered well. And the, and the, the pass had to go short because he had it, He had it defended well when it was going long. So one of the questions I had
4: was whether or not he was wearing the green dot today. I don't know if this falls outside the purview of of what you're doing, but these are sevens or 11s that you're talking about in terms of the drills? This was in 11s today. Okay, good. Good, good stuff. Obviously, you know, it'd be brother-in-law in in terms of the the, the linemen playing each against each other in terms of not full contact kind of a Mm -hmm. situation, but they're still trying to get used to each other positionally and maybe some of the hand play that goes on without being too physical. I know Harbaugh was saying good things about them not running into each other, which is
0: hard. Yeah, that's exactly what I was actually going to bring up next is that they're playing in full speed. They're Mm -hmm. running fast, they're playing fast, but there's not supposed to be contact and they've done a good job of that. Uh, most certainly throughout the practice that we saw today.
4: Okay. So, you know, two of the points I I had to make about Hamilton here were that he really needs to pick up this defense. And picking up this defense means more than just understanding his own role within it. It means picking up the whole thing because he's obviously next in line to get the green dot if Clark is not wearing it to start the season. There really is nobody else the Ravens have. They don't have an inside linebacker who plays every snap, so that's out. Uh, you know, they would probably not want to give it to Marcus Williams because he's a free safety and too likely to be far from the line of scrimmage. So the ideal person to have, have it is a strong safety or a dime back or a multi-purpose safety. Who's in there. Chuck Clark. I still believe if he's a Raven on opening day, we'll have the green dot, but uh, Hamilton certainly needs to be ready to take it. If the situation demands it, whether that's due to injury or, uh, due to Clark leaving.
0: I completely agree with that take. That's my opinion as well Is that they, they want somebody that's going to be on the field for 90 plus percent of snaps. You know, that's who you're going to need. They don't really see the ideal position being with Josh Bynes, because he could be subbed in and out or Patrick Queen, because he could be subbed in or out. Uh, If it's not going to be Clark, they wouldn't really consider Williams because as you said, he's too far away from that spot. However, uh, Hamilton seems like the guy. They had him with the green dot in rookie camp. He talked about that up at the podium. And I think that that makes a lot of sense for him to be the guy that's communicating and him rocking the green dot. And him already taking notice of that really felt like that was part of this the scenario here. I'm I'm really excited to hear your comments
4: on him being organizing people around him because that's the other major component of that green dot. You should be unafraid. You know, you should be unshy at all about reorganizing people. And and by the way, if you're playing safety generally in the NFL and you see problems, you want a safety, even who's not wearing the green dot, to be able to do this, to to, to be able to move a linebacker as needed, uh, just the way you want your linebackers sometimes to move your front four in terms of, of how they're tacking up.
0: Yeah, I was really impressed that this was a rookie, you know, and for him to still command that confidence and garner that respect that players were listening to what he had to say. They, you know, didn't want to turn their head because they didn't want to see the snap. They didn't want to miss the snap, but they were focusing in and, you know, he'd say inside, outside, you know, for leverage kind of things is what it Mm -hmm. appeared to be. He would give coded communication to them as well and they would change their uh, positioning based upon what he was saying. And I went, this seems very much like the guy that you want at number 14 if this is i I, I was just thoroughly impressed by his communication his speed in in, of diagnosing the plays quickly and then also executing them Uh, there's a particular play a couple people have tweeted about it already that uh, had this been a full contact play uh slade bolden was coming in a wide receiver uh for a short I believe slant route kind of reception. Uh, Hamilton read the play diagnosed it and, and exploded to uh, where uh, Slade Boulder would have been on the wrong side of the train tracks of a six foot five, 220 mm-hmm. pound Kyle Hamilton. He was flying in there. He nearly made the interception, but I think under, under full pads, he would have, he would have, blown a guy's head off he was flying to it and that's also the excitement that comes with uh Kyle Hamilton the size speed the quickness and him being able to lay the wood uh, similar to what we always know and love in Ravens defense like Deshaun Elliott you know mm-hmm. they the guys that love to hit and he seems like a thumper as well well that's it, that is
4: definitely one of the things he really brings and the idea that first of all I'm impressed that he can show the restraint necessary on that first-hand camp, not the level of bolding. So that's a, that's a that's a good thing, because uh, you know he's he's hyped up to to make plays, to make an impression in his first you know days of of OTAs here. I, what we've been doing with each guest is to try and set a good and a great. If you want an off the charts level of expectation for Hamilton for this year. And obviously, he's one of the really big ones. But I've got a good level that I'm going to throw out there. And I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to kind of augment this as, as how you would see. Or or, or tell me I'm wrong and, and give me a different one. But I think it, it would be good if he became a valuable, strong safety who forces his way onto the field for at least 50% of the times with Clark still in Baltimore. So that's envisioning a, a situation where Clark is still here, the Ravens really almost have to in a min- in a minimal way at a at, at the minimum, uh adapt their defense to who he is such that he's on the field 50% of the time, um, basically taking snaps away from inside linebackers and the slot corner in some situations where they want to put a bigger receiver or flex a tight end.
0: I think that's a really good spot to to put the bar there as a, as good. Uh he's He's too talented to not have on the field, and if he can operate under fifty percent, I think that'd be good. I, I, I I'm I'm almost hard pressed to say that's too low, but given the circumstances of bringing in Marcus Williams, having Chuck Clark still on the roster under this scenario, and having other players that they're still trying to develop, Patrick Queen being that will linebacker, and that would be the the prototypical spot that you would see Hamilton. Uh, playing under those circumstances or dimebacker and utilizing his skills. I think 50% is a really fair mark that, you know, it, it, it's it's a good balance for, quote unquote, good for his benchmark right there. I agree with that one.
4: Yeah. All right. Well, let me toss out a great there. And a great would be adapt to multiple roles, be an effective weapon uh, across multiple roles as we've seen with Raven Safeties before you know Chuck uh, it, Chuck Clark certainly fills this role as a dime back he's he's played some big nickel he's played on the back end obviously plenty uh rush the passer when called upon occasionally uh all of those things Derwin James has the ability sorry Derwin James, I'm giving my point away <laughs> kind of early Kyle Hamilton has the ability to do those do those things just like Derwin James did and Derwin James was all pro as a rookie uh, because he just adapted to multiple roles extremely well right off the bat um and and they did a good job of of uh bringing him in I still don't think he needs to play all the snaps if I look back to Marlon Humphrey uh in 2017 18 I'm trying to remember I think it was 18 uh, he won the defensive MVP or no he won the team MVP for the Ravens mm-hmm. right in 2018 yep. and he played about 70% of the snaps he played actually rotationally at at uh uh outside corner which is incredible because most teams don't play rotationally there, but he played it, and you know the Ravens had four guys they really wanted to get in the ball games and and uh, he played so well he won the mVP well there's no reason why Kyle Hamilton cannot have that same kind of a snap count and have impact and in fact, there are reasons why coming off the field, being rested, going in for a new role, this and that could could really accentuate some of the positives he brings to the
3: table.
0: yeah, I can agree with that as well uh my kind of Easy benchmark for for this is him earning uh, some Pro Bowl votes. You know, him being mm-hmm. up there in top, and, and and whether or not he wins it, I think him competing for the Pro Bowl is kind of where I have that as a great example, a, a great benchmark. Um, I especially in today's NFL where you see matchups with tight ends being so challenging. He is that guy. I really see him as yeah. an anti tight end kind of player, his size, his speed, his physicality. That's exactly the matchup that you want. That's what we saw from Jimmy Smith. When you utilized his size and his speed and his effectiveness, not to the same extent, Jimmy was an incredible cornerback. And I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm talking later stage Jimmy Smith when he didn't have, the uh the prime anymore uh to his abilities but him still being able to match up that way um Chuck Clark and how he's handled uh the dime roll and covering tight ends uh, I think that a great benchmark would be him being kind of the anti tight end threat and uh g- and being the defenseman that gets called on to uh, especially against some of the more talented tight ends that they're going to be facing this season uh be that weapon to just kind of nullify the big gains that that Raven, the Ravens defense has struggled with under uh, the last four or five years against uh, tight ends specifically.
4: Yeah, it's, it's one of many roles that he could play. One of the reasons I love Hamilton uh, in, in a inside role, meaning, sorry, a a, a, a second level role, meaning he's, he's either playing directly uh, against the tight end or he's even at the dime back role, which I don't, I actually think Clark will play that role. During the season, Mm -hmm. I think he'll be the guy who naturally rotates down to play dime when all three of them are on the field. But but uh, in Hamilton's case, um, if you have him on the first level of a zone defense, he is an enormous physical imposition to passing lanes. And he's a guy who's who's, you know, as you mentioned in in your in the first practice here, he's reading the quarterback pretty well, it seems. And definitely a guy who opposing quarterbacks are going to be fearful of throwing the ball over him. Uh, and I love having guys at all three levels who prevent that threat. At the, at the first level, you have Campbell and Urban, huge men who are going to deflect passes that create turnovers. And the second, you know, level you have the, the, the first four and a quarter's defense. If you want to think about it that way, are, are there potentially getting their hands on football and cr- footballs and creating interceptions to themselves on tip drills or tipping them up where it's a free ball? You know, you want you certainly want that. And then on the back end, you have guys. Who will make them pay? And Marcus Williams and Marcus Peters, in particular, uh, for any ball that, that that gets up in the air. So I, I I just love the way this defense is constructed, and Hamilton's size alone is a huge factor there.
0: Yeah, the the size is something that constantly comes up because it's a plus plus on everybody's charts with him. He's he's big. He's nasty. Uh, he loves to throw the wood, and he also likes to make you know, game-changing, (laughs) game-altering plays, and he has the ability and the knack for it. You know, some guys just get to the ball quicker. Some guys just have the instincts that others don't, Innately, have, and that's what Hamilton does have. And and it's exciting, especially when you consider he's going to be paired with Marcus Williams, Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey. Those are some talented names alone. And Chuck Clark, so long as he's staying here, and then all the other cross trained guys like Brandon Stevens and Damarian Williams, who uh, seems to be their, you know, uh, Swiss Army knife kind of player for this season, at least after seeing the tape on him where he plays free safety, strong safety, and sure. inside and outside corner. I'm just excited to see this defense. And and uh, my last thing is the uh, the off the charts uh, bar that I would have for Kyle Hamilton has got to be defensive rookie of the year. I think that's I he, he had I believe the fifth or the ninth best odds to win uh, defensive rookie of the year when when the first round was kind of finished up and the, and then DraftKings started posting odds and stuff like that. I think right. that's I think that's what I would have for his off the charts year, him winning defensive rookie of the year. That's that's an excellent
4: bar. I, I'm going to set it a little lower than there and still have it be off the charts. I, because I, I don't want to depend on the voting, right. having off the charts here. But I would say this, he plays too well to be left off the field for any snap. So they get to the point where, boy, you know, we've got a tough decision to make here because he's just he's just playing at a level that we cannot rotate him out we need him in everywhere every play and and not just because of injury I, I don't want it to happen you know in a, in a not, in a no Chuck Clark world I want it to happen with Chuck Clark that you just you cannot take this guy off the field I know if if Chuck Clark leaves if he's traded away or if if, uh, uh, if he's injured, um, the Ravens are going to have Hamilton on the field for every single snap that they possibly can. But in but this case, he he's too good to be left off the field. And, you know, it, the good situation would be if the, if the Ravens still have three safeties, that McDonald is forced to adapt the defense and the packages around his skill set. So you don't see that very often. It did happen with Derwin James. It has occasionally happened uh, with other safeties, like uh, other defensive backs, like Tyron Matthew before. Um, but you rarely, really see it. Um, for an individual, and rarely for a rookie, Hamilton has that kind of pedigree, and and uh, and I think we have the the right to be as excited as, excited as we are about it.
0: Yeah, I can agree with that. I like your approach far more than uh, leaving it up to voters and stuff. It's a more methodical and scientific approach. I agree with you. He it, if he can modify mcdonald's concepts because of how talented he is that's an off the charts player that's somebody that's so impactful on the football field that they're going to have to utilize his skill set so much that they are changing things specifically due to his abilities on the field and you know, the fact that I see that as a possibility is, like you said, exciting. It's yeah. exciting and, and it's worth considering. And, you know, I don't want to over inflate this player, especially, you know, we have yet to see a single full padded snap of him in a Ravens uniform, <laughs> but everything that I've seen so far, I'm just incredibly impressed by, and I'm looking forward to seeing him develop further in training camp. I'm, I'm really positive on your first look from today here. I I, uh,
4: I like that. In terms of what might help him get there um you know you you talked about the brains a little bit in terms of what he has and i i you know we we'd always kind of knew he was a smart player you hear him talk it's it's very evident um in terms of what you're saying about today's ota um i'm i'm really excited about him organizing other players at this point i think he's he's ahead of schedule on that but the other thing i want to point out here is it's not all on him a lot of this is going to be on the coaches and McDonald needs to have the broadest possible vision for how to use his very unique skill set. He brings an awful lot to the football field and and a, a, you know this has been a team which has not had um an extraordinary number of individual defensive playmakers that could do that. Patrick Queen was was kind of supposed to be that and he and he, he you know he could rush the passer and he certainly made some plays in his first couple of years, but but he has he doesn't bring nearly what Hamilton does in terms of a versatility and a and the Swiss army knife uh Uh, to to, to rush the passer, to cover a tight end, to be a slot guy, to play dime if needed, and to play the back end, I think, very effectively. I think he he can really do it all. And McDonald is really central to figuring out how to maximize what Hamilton brings to the field.
0: Yeah, and the thing that gives you confidence that McDonald's able to do that is kind of his pedigree with... Michigan and getting the best in the most out of Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo, mm-hmm. who now is in a Ravens uniform. Uh, and that's a ways down the road, of course, but he knows how to get things out of his players. He knows what is what he can ask of them and he can do his part into providing an opportunity for them to deliver. And I think that's uh, in itself uh, an opportunity for Hamilton and just about every player on this defense to gain uh, uh, ability on that football field to to demonstrate that they have, they have all that potential. It's always about turning potential into production. That's the thing that I say constantly is you have a lot of potential in all these players. It's about getting the production out of them. And I think McDonald could be the coach that does, the, does so, and especially with a player like Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, we, we are projecting so much. On to McDonald, in
4: terms of what we hope he'll be, because we hope he'll be the same aggression as Rex Ryan or Wink Martindale, and we hope that that he'll also be an innovator, and we hope he'll also be a teacher, and we hope he'll also be, a, you know, yeah, So yeah. it's 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 uh, it's a lot to project on a young guy. We there almost ought to be an expectation show for him too. Now that I think about it, in terms of what would be a really good season from the Ravens defense, in terms of how McDonald coaches it, but that's for another day. We'll uh, <laughs> you got be real excited now about Kyle Hamilton. You can hear it in my voice i always love talking football with you anyway kyle but uh let's move on to the second guy on this show which is broderick washington so a different mm-hmm. kind of player and again that's what we're trying to do with these shows is not compare and contrast pick two different position groups et cetera, et cetera. but broderick washington enters this year you're three and the ravens need youth on the defensive line certainly but they also have a bunch of old guys competing with him for spots and he
0: is very much in my opinion on the bubble as camp opens yeah i can agree with that uh he had a really poor kind of rookie season especially when you look at the grades that occurred from uh, pff they didn't really like what he produced as a run defender Uh, he was higher graded as a pass rusher instead Um, his overall was only a 30.2 and that's by pff of course uh year two though he exploded uh in by relative to his his rookie year at least and that he he became a a much stronger run defender uh he improved as a pass rusher and he improved overall and so my kind of take on that is he's put himself in a position to at least be on the bubble because, like you said, he's, he's very squarely a bubble player right now. They have brought in a couple defensive linemen, uh, veterans in that case, and re-signed a couple veterans just because they're not confident with their, you know, this is an assumption here, but I assume they're not confident in the youth developing into what they had hoped and projected at this point. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, Pierce.
4: The fact that they signed both Pierce and Urban and re-signed Campbell um, is uh, they 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 really honestly they just didn't draft defensive line in the last two years um, mm-hmm. that, that uh, really didn't. The Travis Travis Jones is a huge piece for the Ravens, and he definitely obviously he's his roster spot's not in jeopardy. The three guys I just mentioned, the veterans, uh, you know, that are returning. Uh, are probably not in jeopardy either. Uh, Derek Wolf's time may be over. I think it's one of Wolf or Urban that will make this team. I don't think I don't think both will. And uh, from what I can see right now, I'd say uh, Urban looks to be the healthier, safer bet to make the team
0: yeah i would agree with that for sure um uh wolf wasn't at o t a s and that could be because he's uh i think he might be out hunting from what i've seen on his instagram, but i'm not certain if those are videos or clips from a from a previous thing that i know he's a big he's a big time hunter he enjoys his off seasons and and going out there and and uh hunting but uh urban was already there at o t a s and i think that kind of shows that he's he's involved and ready. i know that you and I both know that. Uh, he's uh, Wolf is recovering from some offseason surgeries and injuries. Uh, but I think that's a good assumption to say one of those two will make the roster. But uh, going back to Washington though, um, he is most certainly on the bubble, but I think he can certainly compete for a spot here. I mm-hmm. think that they, they, the Ravens know that they need rotational players. They can't have all of these older veterans out there for more than You know, 50% of those snaps, they need to be able to rotate them through, I don't know about 50%, but I know that they need to rotate these guys through. And I know that Broderick Washington's a guy that they are really hoping takes that next step in becoming a more consistent starter for their or rotational player for that defensive line
4: yeah, that's that's a great point there, because Washington played twenty seven percent of the snaps last year. That was a step forward for him. And by the way, I don't think that's a bad level at all, given the amount of talent around him. If he could play twenty seven percent again, I think that would actually be a win. And I have that in my in my list of things here, in fact. Uh, but he needs to command some snaps in at least run situations. So if you're playing the Cleveland Browns and they're playing a lot of base defense, uh, you know that's an opportunity for Washington to get on the field more, and and there's going to be a great desire to have um, both Pierce and Travis Jones on the field at once, and then you still need a five tech when you're when you're playing a first down. Snap against the Browns, or, or against a team that wants to run the ball, or a team that you know plays twelve personnel, or or uh, twenty one, or whatever it might be on first down. You still need to you still have three defensive linemen you play in those packages, and there is a is a opportunity for him to see snaps. The other thing the Ravens do package wise, which might benefit a player like Washington, is they play a lot of jumbo nickel, which is some people call it a three three five nickel, but they would have three down linemen two outside linebackers, only one inside linebackers, so they're making a, 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 a change from a standard nickel to have one less inside linebacker and have one more defensive lineman. Since the Ravens ran that a lot last year, we don't know if it'll continue with McDonald, um, but the Ravens certainly don't have an a overflowing cup of inside linebacker talent such that you would necessarily be forced away from that package. I think it's possible Broderick Washington gets some more snaps from that. And, and I think he needs to stay versatile in the three and five tech spots he can take.
0: Yeah. I most certainly agree with that one. Uh, Washington does have an opportunity here. Uh, I think that just the overarching theme for myself is, you know, in my consideration at this is that they have aging veterans all along this roster. Mm-hmm. Like you said, they signed urban. They re- they brought back, uh, Michael Pierce and, uh, also Calais Campbell, they need to have some of these guys develop. And they and while they drafted Travis Jones, that doesn't mean that Washington is out. It means that this is the moment for him to show further development. This is year three for him. And he's been on the up and up since that rookie season. He improved. He saw great snaps, like you mentioned, like 27%, mm-hmm. I think, is what you said. And so yep. that's that shows that he has the, the ability and they have the confidence in him For him to make that next step and and there is a certain possibility for him to claim it okay
4: so let's talk about good and great for broderick washington in terms of what what would be a good year do you want me to go first or do you want to go first uh, you can go first this time. Okay, sure. Well, I'd say I, on in terms of good, I'd say he needs to get regular game day activations, and there will be deactivations on that defensive line group. But he needs he needs to get regular game day activations, and I would set the play time bar at twenty percent of snaps this year. It's actually a step back from last year, but the Ravens, I think they've really improved who they can put on the field on a rundown. If those guys stay healthy, Washington definitely could be forced into a into a smaller role in terms of percentage of snaps. And you know, the Ravens have typically bounced between having four and five defensive linemen active on game day. And if you if you look at that group and, and who is likely to get it, we mentioned the big three veterans coming back, Travis Jones. They're the almost sure things if if they're there. And then you got room for one more. And Matabike is probably that guy. And, you know, it may take an injury at some point to get Broderick Washington on a regular pace of activations. And so we'll see. Uh, how this works out but that's where i would put the bar 20 percent in regular game day activations for good
0: yeah it's not that he's taking a step down it's that they they put so much stock into resupplying the defensive line in in installing new talent back there or bringing them back as is the case with urban mm-hmm. and with uh, uh michael pierce which is always unique but uh I think it's not, like you said, it's not a step back. It's just there's so much talent there that 20%, though it's 7% decrease, is still fair for him to try and acquire and it still be a good year. Uh, right. The big important task is the activations. That's something that I was wanting to mention is because uh, it's down to what feels like him and Justin Matabike are... Um, for being that final guy that could be on the activations list. Uh the Ravens have some other players that uh, you know, could contest with Washington for that kind of spot. Isaiah Mack, who I believe, is one of them. They brought in some other younger talents, so they're trying to install others. But overall, I think Washington's the Washington is going to be the the horse next to Justin Matabike for neck and neck on, on competing for those activations. Right.
4: They, they need Matt Abike because he's a guy who I think they see is immediately giving a pass rush, pass rush value as a penetrating player. I mean, if, if he's, boy, if they don't activate him with the group they have, which is basically Travis Jones is a little bit of a, of a, of a pass rush specialist, but I think he's really there to give the Ravens early pass rush Ability early down, I should say, as opposed to pass rush downs. I think we'll see Matabike on the field for that with Campbell. Um with Broderick Washington, I'd like to see some. This is a great now, I'm moving up to uh stay healthy, uh, increase his percentage of snaps from last year, which even getting to 30% would be terrific. It would probably only occur because of injury, so it wouldn't really be a great result for the Ravens. But if Washington were were to um, make it have a presence as a pass rusher, doesn't I don't mean getting Six sacks because I'm not expecting anything like that. But I'm 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 talking about being able to move the pocket occasionally, drawing double teams regularly, um, being too much for one guard to handle when he lines up as a three tack. That's what I want from Broderick Washington. I don't I don't want the I don't want the moon. Jordan Davis, if the Ravens had gotten him, my contention was he doesn't have to um, get to the quarterback himself to to provide value to the passing game he provides it by taking a double team play after play after play cuz he's too much for one guy to handle that creates a, you know opportunity for everybody else around him and with in Washington's case I, I want a mini version of that just somebody who can who can get a little bit of pocket push at, at guard uh, sorry against a guard as, as a 3 tech
0: that's actually what i had wrote down here was that he becomes <laughs> too skilled or or too much that a single offensive lineman uh it can be uh just assigned to him is what i had wrote down as and uh that makes complete sense you know getting him a slight uptick in in the percentage of snaps is important um and like you said it cannot be due to injury but because of his uh his level of play has been elevated yes and uh overall it has to be you know like he can increase in pressures he can cause some hurries those things can be quantified without having it be the the quote-unquote end all be all that everybody heralds which are sacks Mm -hmm. it's more about creating pressures and creating hurries and getting that quarterback to throw the ball uh, to the defensive back group that we already talked about (laughs) at a much harder rate and a higher rate and a faster rate than it would be if he had a clean pocket you know you know Bad pockets create great results for the defense. And I think Washington can, if on a great year would be by our standards, just causing more mayhem. And it doesn't have to be in any specific, uh, stat column. It can just be seen on, on the football field. And you're going, this guy's starting to make some more plays. I'm getting more intrigued by this. You know, even becoming a more household name would be something that I could quantify as a, as a great year because, uh, just the improvement of play and the elevation of play from Washington uh, would be noticed for sure. Yeah.
4: All right. Outstanding. I think we've gone through these players pretty thoroughly. Kyle, always a pleasure to talk football with you. And, and you came with some great stuff from from OTAs today.
0: Really appreciate you lending that to this particular exercise, because I think it, it added a lot. Uh, tell folks where they can read your work. Absolutely, you can read. You can see my work at baltimorebeatdown.com I'm the managing editor of the website, and uh, not only do I, and I also attend as a uh, as a credentialed media member. So uh, every Wednesday for the next few weeks, I'll be writing up OTA stuff, which is incredibly exciting. And then we'll have a little slow period before training camp, and that's when Ken and I have the most fun, of course. But uh, Looking forward to that. Oh yeah, me too. I'm 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 ready. I'm so ready. And then so the other thing you can see my work on is baltimoreavens dot slash late for work. I write the Monday column every week uh, for late for work for baltimoreavens All right,
4: outstanding, Kyle. We'll look forward to those uh, camp reviews with you. I hope we can do those again on a daily basis, the way we did last year. That was a lot of fun, and uh, and certainly just a just a a, a great review of things and for me i don't know if it if this is the same to you but it really helps for me to review quickly what we've just seen or i tend a lot of it tends to to run together with me over time so getting those thoughts recorded that same day within a couple hours after the end of camp is always a lot of fun.
0: Oh, absolutely! I think that's important. That because you, you, you write all these notes down and you have it all in your head, but by the end of the evening, the notes kind of blend together, and then the memories kind of aren't as aren't as uh, vibrant. And then you're like, yeah. "What did I see? It? Was that actually number twenty four? Was that?" And you start questioning it. But if you get it right away, and and in the in the efficiency that you and I did. Uh, I felt like that was a really good way of of handling the the coverage that we did last year. And I'm I'm looking forward to this year. Appreciate it, Kyle. If you're
4: other folks out there, if you'd like to be on a film study short, hit me up. DMs are always open on Twitter. I'm eager to hear your thoughts. And producing daily content involves doing a lot of open mic stuff. Love to hear if you've got analysis. That's great. Someone's coming on to talk about Uh, how efficient the Ravens draft picks have been over time relative to expectations going to be very good. We have another guy talking about the evolution of the game in a four part series that is just, we've recorded the first one last night. I am absolutely going to love every one of these discussions. I hope you guys will too, but I want to hear from you out there if you've got something you want to say and just a topic you're passionate about. Ideally it's narrow enough. We can talk about it in 20 to 30 minutes, but Hey, if we go long, that's okay too. Uh, Kyle, thanks again for being on.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for having
4: me. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. This
0: is the story of the one.